On this episode of Ashes 613, we talk to artist David Payne, who once painted the walls of his parents' living room to look like the Starship Enterprise. Stay tuned to find out how David went from painting aliens to painting angels, and how he uses art to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the description of this episode, you'll find the links to view David's amazing work, and even find out how you can own one. David, how are you? All right. Good. Is it hot at your house? It's done turned sweaty here again in Iowa. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. About ninety. Is Gonna get up about ninety today or so. Yeah, I think we got the same thing happening here. It had cooled off for a couple of weeks, and we were kind of cruising, but shoo, it's a yep. little sweaty today. So, hi, how's your Saturday going so far? Going good. Good. Going good. 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 So. This is, uh, we, we have never had on a painter, I don't think. I think you're my first painter, and I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully, it <laughs> hopefully it turns out okay. <laughs> There's yeah, a reason why, but there are a reason why painters don't, uh, don't talk too much. They're kind of inverts, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I enjoy the yeah. quiet, too. Um, but one of my oldest friends, um, it, he paints. Um, I've never had that talent, but he's a painter. And also probably that's why we've been friends for 35 years. Cause we're both weird and we understand each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he graduated from, I think the university of Cincinnati with a master's degree in fine art. He's phenomenal too. But so how did you get into, have you always been an artist? Is that something like from a child that you've found that I've been you've a, kind of always drawn to? I started drawing when I was just a child. Uh, my parents bought those. We lived in an old house and uh, had plaster walls and everything. We eventually ended up tearing out the plaster walls and redoing the house. But uh, for some reason, I just like drawing. And for some reason, my parents just let me draw all over the walls. Like in every every wall in the house, they didn't care. They just let me draw. I don't know if it was because they knew they were going to tear it out or what was going on. But uh, back then, I was kind of into you know, when I was younger, back in the seventies, eighties, uh, I like to like to watch Star Trek and all that stuff, you know. So I draw, I'd, I'd make the house like it was an Enterprise, you know. I draw <laughs> little control stuff on the wall like it was the bridge of the Enterprise and stuff like that, and draw human figure, uh, alien figures on the walls. And oh yeah, my wife said she didn't even know that, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they let me draw all over the walls and, you know, so, and uh, eventually I got into, my, uh, we're outdoorsmen, you know, my dad liked to hunt and fish and everything, so we go outdoors a lot, and uh, my dad would always get these wildlife art calendars, these Remington, uh, Remington gun calendars. I remember those, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they had an artist, the, the artist that used to paint them, they used to have an artist, his name was Tom Beecham. Yes. But he did the wildlife paintings on the on those calendars, and uh, and when I started looking at those, I was just I was just in awe of them, you know, uh, just beautiful. So I started painting. Uh, my dad it was I was about ten years old, and they finally got me a set of oil paints. I was drawing before then, but they got me some oil paints, and that's that's when I first started painting when I was about ten. Um, got into high school and uh 
I lived in a, a little town, Rossville, had about 2,000 people in it. I live in Gardner, closer to Kansas City now in Kansas. But uh, the next town over, Silver Lake, there was a, a gal who gave just art lessons out of her house. Her name was Becky Little. But uh, she she gave me some lessons and kind of got me to going. And then uh, after that, I never had any training after that. I just kind of took off from there on my own. So right. up till now. So I've been painting all these years. Now, is this something that you've done? Like, is this a, a main source of income? It's just a hobby. Did you, do you it's, have another uh, job or? I've, I've, I've actually got another job. I'm a, I'm a full-time surveyor land surveyor okay. uh, so i go out in the woods and while you know while i'm out there working i'll take photos and you know see wildlife all over and everything and you know it's, it's good inspiration but I'm, tr I'm trying to turn it into a full-time job right now um i never thought of it as being a full-time job until maybe about five years ago and then we kind of kind of started getting into it and and trying to turn it into a full-time source of income, but I have income coming in from it, but not enough to make it full-time right now. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I recently, so you really, you prefer a lot of your paintings. I don't know that you prefer, but a lot of your paintings are like wildlife paintings. Is mm -hmm. that your, is that kind of what you prefer? Is that where your comfort zone is, is your favorite thing to do? That's my main, that's my main focus, just because that's what I was, you know, since I was a child, that's what I, uh, I did mostly. And here recently, I became a Christian about 10 years ago. So here recently, I've, I've, I've gotten into more prophetic or, or uh, Christian type art. And uh, that's been a real blessing. I, I really enjoy doing that now, too. So that's the second time that I, or maybe the third time I've heard the word being bounced around prophetic painting, prophetic painting. People have been saying to me, you should have on a prophetic painter. I don't understand. Can you explain to me that this is a brand new concept to me? I'm a Christian too and have been my whole life, but that's a new concept. That's a new word that to me. So I don't really know what it means. Uh, technically, almost anything can be a prophetic painting because God created everything, but uh, in my mind, it means uh, spreading the word, you, you know, uh, a, a, a preacher, you know, they say he's got a prophetic gift or he's, uh, you know, he preaches the word and, and that's kind of what I'm, I'm talking about. Uh, and more than that, I'm spreading the word because because of Bible prophecy, because I believe that uh we're close to the end times and, and I want to get, get the word out there as much as possible. You're right. being prophetic, you're being prophetic by spreading to the word, the word to uh, people that don't know. Okay. The, I so got in my you. mind, the that, yeah, that, that's what it is. It seems like when I was growing up in the eighties, everybody, even people that didn't go to church had a basic understanding of God or the, or the uh, story of Jesus. Everybody knew who Judas was, who, you know, who betrayed Jesus. Right. But uh, a few years ago, I was surveying and I, I had a, a younger guy working with me and he didn't even know who Judas was or, and I'm, I'm thinking, you never heard of Judas, you know? So I ended up buying him a Bible 
so he could read it. And it was a Bible that had the, and I believe in the King James Bible, which mm -hmm. you know, another story, and you know, you can look at whatever version you want, but I, it had uh, notes on the side to help him understand it and everything. So, right. Right. You know, it, it's, it's just one of those things. A lot of people out there don't even, don't even know that, you know, that's not taught anymore. And it's, it's kind of surprising. Right. I tell this story and I was shocked to find out, um, this has been four or five years ago, um, was talking to a woman who was born and raised in Los Angeles. Um, mm -hmm. she was younger. She was probably 22 or 23 years old. And, and I, you know, what had, we were a group of people and they were in that, Merry Christmas versus Happy Holidays argument, which I stay completely out of. I don't care which one you say, but it, you know, they were, this was a group of women and she said, I just don't know. They were said, you can't take Christ out of Christmas. And she didn't know what that meant. She didn't know who Christ was. And they said, you know, Jesus, Jesus Christ. And she said, well, what's that have to do with Christmas anyway? She was serious. <laughs> yeah. She was completely 100% yeah. serious. She had no idea that Christians celebrate, you know, of course it's not his birthday, but that we pick Christmas to celebrate the birth of Jesus. She did yep. not know anything about that. And she said, I don't get it anyway. What's Jesus have to do with Christmas anyway? Like, why, right. why are you arguing? And she had never heard that. And they started telling her, I, I was just watching it happen. And these women started telling her about Jesus and being born in a manger in Bethlehem. And you should have seen her eyes. Like she, it was the first time she had, and they said, are you kidding me? Of course, we're from the South. We're Southern people. And you take for granted that everybody knows these things. Even if you don't go to church, you've heard the Christmas story. Um, but, you know, you have to know that there are people born in this country that are maybe first generation Americans that came from another country and they just literally don't know any Bible stories like we do. And yeah. I can't imagine that either. I just grew up in Sunday school and knowing all the Bible stories, but there are people that don't. So, you know, it's good to get that message out there however you can, where a person may not ever set foot inside of a church to hear a preacher. They might pick up a painting somewhere. Yeah. So. Um, that's awesome. And speaking of drawing on walls, I let my son draw. That's so funny because your parents <laughs> are the only other people that I've ever known do that. Um, he painted on all of our walls at the house and I hated to sell it. It made me sad to sell that house. Yeah. because my my baby had painted for years and he was like you your years with star wars his was like nintendo and zelda and all the video game characters and they were just like and he's so super talented and my walls were just covered people would come in and go wow look at that and it was yeah so but people were like you let him paint it right on the wall and i sure did i don't know why either i just did it just he, like that a, well is he a still artist today Yes, he is. He's he? phenomenal. All right. Yeah. Well. yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's a good one. So yeah. yeah, I and I you said you didn't know why your parents let you. I don't know why I let him. I just thought, well, you know, my parenting style was, eh, you know, there's there's bigger battles to fight than that. You know, it didn't matter. Yeah. It was an older house with plaster walls too, but I never did take those plaster walls down and redo it mm. because I had seen people do it and I knew what a mess it was with yeah. all that drywall dust and i thought eh, that plaster's not hurting nobody <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a lot of work <laughs> no it's doubt a about it a lot of work people don't realize well two doors down from me a woman bought the house and that's the first thing she did she was gung-ho like people are with their first house she came in and started ripping that plaster down i'm gonna do this and 
I watched her do it and it took her years to get it under control. And I thought, ah, you know, I'm yeah. just going to leave my plow. Like I said, that plaster didn't hurt nobody. I just left mine up. <laughs> didn't hurt anything. So, well, so let us see. Would Do you have some of your paintings there or would you like to just send me pictures of them? Yeah, I got some in my studio right here. I don't know if you can, if you can see that one there. I do. Look that. Tell me about that, that one. Okay, this is my uh, my dad. Uh, he's he's passed away, and like I said, he's a big time fisherman. We're we're cat fishermen, so that's him sitting on the on a bucket, uh, on the river, fishing for catfish. And I don't know if you can see in the in the distance there that's Jesus on the water. That's beautiful. So uh, my it's kind of hopefully I can tell it to you without getting misty but <laughs> okay it's okay if you yeah my, my dad yeah he uh he passed away but uh and i'm not sure if he ever came to christ to be honest with you and uh there was a preacher that came in when he was on his hospital bed i, I didn't happen to be there but um, that's what that painting kind of represents. Uh, I hope he, you know, I hope he did. Um, I'm sorry. No, no apologies. He was, uh, he, he, he was a good father. He just, he just never went to church or anything, you know? So, uh, right. and and you know the, the bible says all you have to do is believe in your heart confess with your mouth that jesus christ is lord and you shall be saved exactly yeah right yeah and that's what i i i, I hope he i hope that's what happened on when he was on his deathbed but yeah me too you know you, you just don't you just don't know and uh yeah. i hear a lot of people say you know well when their relative passes on uh well, they're in a, b a better place now, but the fact is, unless you you know and they they've told you along the way that they've they became a Christian, you know you, you they might not be in a better place. <laughs> so right. That, that's why I'm 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 about getting the word out there. So right. In your mind, what do you think heaven is like? Heaven. Um, I've, I've tried to picture it, but I know that I can't. Um, he describes it. He describes it when it, you know, someday it's going to, he, he basically built built a, a temple or whatever that's, uh, what did he say, 144,000 cubits or something like that. Yeah, he gives the measure, the measurements are uh, yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. On, all, on all sides. Or he didn't say cubits, he I, I actually calculated it out. I can't remember if he said cubits or what the dimensions were. I just remember it came out to like uh, 1,500 miles on all sides, basically half the size of the United States, <laughs> the base of it. And that's the temple. Yeah. yeah, that's the base of it, and it's that high to you, so basically it'd be the highest mountain on Earth, you know? So it's it's incredible, you know, and and that's that's basically the the mansion that we live in um right. 
and that's not even that's not even the outside of it you know so you know he describes it i mean he describes basically a glass sea in the throne room you know with all the believers underneath it um I, I guess it's just undescribable, you know, I know <laughs> I, think it is. I thought about painting it, but I, you know, I'm not sure I would be even worthy of painting something like that. Right. So, uh, I, you know, I try to go over it in my mind, but there'd just be so much to paint to try to try to get there. And it's like, you know, the, the earth is so beautiful and that's after we messed it up with sin, you know, hey. I said that look, to people. I say, yeah. look, if this is the this is the place God gave us to destroy, what do you yeah. think his house looks like? It has to be yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I can't I can't even imagine what you know what heaven would look like. Um, and uh, you know, and on the flip side, hell. I don't want to. I don't want any part of that. You know, I was I was a non Christian before, and now that I look back. Uh, it was a terrible life and, uh, and just to imagine a life apart from God where his presence, you can't even feel his presence, not, you know, let alone you're burning for eternity, but I mean, just not feeling his president presence would be bad enough, you know, because uh, even a non-believer can feel his presence on the earth because the Holy ghost is here in every believer. So, you know, he's, he's around, even if you're not a non-believer. Right. Um, but you know, without his presence there at all, so going without, any the, part of it. <laughs> without the presence of God, then is it safe that we can assume the Bible doesn't specifically say this, but without the presence of God, is it safe? We can assume that in hell, there is no goodness of any kind. There is no mercy. There is no compassion. There is no patience. There's no kindness. There's no faithfulness. There's no goodness of any kind. There's no tolerance of any kind. People will be the most evil that you can imagine because yeah. there's, yeah. there will be no goodness there. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, that's what they, they, they wanted a life without God. So I guess that's what they asked for. And right. You know, I, I hate it, but you know, it's, that's just the way it is. And I think you the know. Bible speaks of it as, you know, the gnawing, the gnashing of teeth. Um, yeah. And because people will, if you take the goodness away from, and you're right, even here on this planet, people that are agnostic or atheists or even Satanists, Satan worshipers themselves, you, they can still, they still benefit from the Holy spirit. They benefit yes, from yes, the goodness do. of God because <laughs> right. Yeah. The spirit of God sustains this earth and keeps at bay the evil. And so imagine if that is gone, of course, there's gnashing of teeth. People will bite each other and gouge each other's eyes out. We would right now, if we didn't have God, I mean, we get yeah. mad if, you know, it's hard enough to contain your rage sometimes on a daily basis, even with the goodness of God and the Holy spirit. So imagine the anger and the hatred. I just feel like it's just pure hatred. It will be. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And there is no uh, way to imagine know, that. You know, Jesus, uh, what he talked three times more about hell than he did heaven. So he, he's trying to warn us. Trying and, to tell people, you know, yeah. Yeah. So it's Not up to us to get to it out there. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that I think that 
the church, the modern day church has let the world down and saying is they'll say, um, Jesus came so that you could have eternal life. Well, not, not necessarily. You're going to have eternal life no matter what. And so yeah. I think that a lot of people, because that's been beaten to people's heads, they just feel like, well, I could live forever without Jesus, or I'm just going to die and be dead. No, what I want to get out there is you are an eternal being. You're going to live forever, no matter what. You just get to choose where you go. That's your yeah. only choice in the matter here. You don't get to choose whether you live forever. You're an eternal being. You're created to be eternal. But and I know that preachers didn't do that on purpose. I get what they're saying. Jesus came so you could have eternal life. Jesus came so you could have eternal life with God, so you could be connected, reconnected with God. But because they say that, a lot of people think that, you know, well, so I don't live forever. It's no big deal. Who wants to live forever? And I'm like, well, I got bad news for you, bud. You're going to live forever anyway, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you might want to get to picking, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got to pick a side, right? And the, yeah. and the Bible says, if you don't pick a side, one will be picked for you by default. Yeah. Right? You have to pick, you know. So tell us, how did you said you came to know Christ 10 years ago? Give us a little of your testimony, if you don't mind. Yeah, well, I wasn't a very good man at all. Uh, I was just about, a, my, my wife I have now is my third wife, um, and she's a Christian. She helped me, helped me come to Christ, but uh I had two different wives. I cheated on both of them. I was just a bad man. Uh, the, the, the first wife I got pregnant before we were married and, uh, she ended up, we ended up going to the doctor and, uh, I, I have another daughter now, but this is the, this is the first time we had a daughter, but, uh, we ended up going to the doctor to see how the pregnancy was going. And the doctor, they, they came back and they, they, there was a big cyst or, uh, some kind of growth on the back of the baby's neck. And the doctor immediately came in and he said, uh, we're going to have to abort this baby. We're going to have to, you know, you're going to we're going to force you to get pregnant and have this baby. And, you know, it's going to come out dead basically. And, uh, my first wife, she was, she was torn up about it, you know, and, uh, and I knew better. I, I was, I grew up Catholic. I'm not a Catholic now, but I grew up Catholic, you know, and of course Catholics were against abortion. I, I was preached about abortion all my life. You know, I knew it was wrong, but, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, I didn't really want to have a kid. I'm in the back of my mind. I was thinking, I'm glad this is happening. That's how, that's how evil I was. Uh, but you know, it, it, it she ended up at, you know, the baby came out dead, you know, and we ended up getting married and I, I had another, uh, another child, uh, my daughter Aspen, and I tell you what, when Aspen came out, uh, I was there at the birth, you know. But 
I completely had a change of change of heart with kids. <laughs> you know, when you see your kid there, you know, it's I would I instantly loved her. And I, I uh, Aspen's got a, a baby now, you know, uh, I got a six year old grandbaby and, and I love kids, you know. Uh, but it's it's just. Yeah, I, I was a terrible man. A lot of things I did terrible. And uh, I was going to a Catholic church. Uh, my wife and I were, uh, I don't believe we were married yet, but I was going to a Catholic church and she started going to a, uh, a church over in the Lee Summit, Missouri called Abundant Life. And uh, Abundant Life has a great pastor. His name's uh, Phil Hopper. That's where we go. That's where we still go today. But uh, he, he preaches everything in the Bible. He he doesn't hold back. He warn you know he gives you all the warnings, gives you all the good news, but he gives you the warnings too, and uh, preaches Bible truth. But my wife had asked me, so uh, how did church go today? Because we were going to the two separate churches. I was going to a Catholic church, and she says so. How, you know, she was going to Abundant Life. I was going to the Catholic Church, and we get home, and she'd say, "So, how did church go today? What did you know? What did you learn, and everything?" And I was like, "You know, it was all right. You know, didn't really learn anything. They do the same. They do the same old thing: stand up, sit down, kneel. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know the the uh, the priest only preaches for maybe ten minutes or something like that. The rest of it is basically your standard Catholic stuff." Uh, I've never been to a Catholic church, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty regimented. <laughs> but anyway, okay? uh, but anyway, I, she talked me into going with her, and I went, went, went with her, and uh, and I, I was hooked after a while, and then I, I decided to, you know, I just I decided to give my life to Jesus and get baptized. So that's kind of how it went down. <laughs> So you went to a Catholic church, but you still didn't consider yourself a Christian. Is that, am I hearing that correctly? I considered myself a Christian when I was going to the Catholic church because I didn't know any better. I thought because right. I was baptized, I was going to be in heaven. Right. And to be honest with you, in my heart, I didn't really know where I was going or I didn't really know the word of God. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started studying the word of God once I once I became a Christian, a true Christian. So you had so, like your conversion experience. You had went to, you went to this church for years, but then you actually had an actual conversion experience, like experience with Jesus at abundant life. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I hear a lot of, this is what I hear from a lot of Christians and it's, it's probably true. I just, it, this didn't happen for me. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like lightning striking me you know, just all of a sudden, you know, you know, I, I right. saw the light or anything. It was kind of a gradual thing with me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I could feel him tugging at me, but it, it was kind of a gradual thing. And then, you know, after, after I became a Christian, then, you know, I always had a conscience, but all of a sudden I had a, like a conscience on steroids. So, that, that, that's how I explain the whole Holy Spirit. You have a conscience. I have a conscience on steroids because that's I have amazing. the Holy Spirit talking to me, you know. That's amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. So back to painting. Is uh, that your only um, 
is that the art is that the only art form or do you do of course you draw if you can paint you draw but do you sculpt do you make music do you do other i don't i don't no i don't sculpt and i don't make music i do a little bit of uh i make my own frames i mean i do a little bit of woodworking but i'm not a proficient woodworker and i make i make a lot of the furniture and stuff that we have here in the studio like our you know i made my own uh uh art station i guess you'd call it and i made uh my wife's desk over there but you know so that's amazing so woodworking that's amazing so you do yeah. some woodworking all right show me one more picture and tell me a story about it a good one pick anyone you want well <laughs> well, what do you want to see? You I, want to see I don't care, but look, I see your studio's full. I would have a great time in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, my wife says, don't show her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I got it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if, if we're not completely ready to be on film, we don't want to be on film. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see if I can put this up where you can see it here. This is a pheasant uh, picture of some pheasants I did. I saw this one on Facebook and I really liked it. That's yeah. beautiful. Thank you. Now that's kind of there in Kansas where you live, right? Yep. That's a Kansas painting. It's called Rude Side. And, you know, a lot of gravel roads and a lot of old fence lines in Kansas. I love old fence lines. They're, you know, fun to paint. <laughs> so. There's a lot of gravel roads up here in Iowa, too. I wasn't prepared for that when I came up here. They call it gravel travel. And I'm like, why are all these, why are these roads not paved? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't understand. Those are, those are the best kind of roads. <laughs> right. Well, I've learned to just get on them and barrel down, get where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> They're kind of fun to drive on if nobody's coming and you can give it a little, It's you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what, so was that just uh, the pheasants? Did you, was that a picture you took one morning when you were out? I took a, I can't remember where we were at in Kansas, but it was a picture I took while my wife and I, yeah, we, we do a lot of driving around every once yeah. in a while we get bored, you know, get bored and go out and drive and have a little fun. But uh, uh, as far as the length of time, I really don't keep, keep track of how long it takes because I sell them by the square inch. Um, right. So the size of the painting is the the cost of the painting. So I, I don't even, okay. so I don't, don't even know. care about. But I mean, yeah. like, is it like, do you, is it something you do like the pheasant one? Did you just come in and you just do that in a setting? You just sit down and you finish that or you do it, then you come back and you do, how does that, what's your process there? I, I paint two or three pictures at the same time because with oil paints, I have to put on one layer, like I'll put on the sky and probably the the background hills or whatever, mm -hmm. and I'll let it dry, and then I'll come back in and put in another layer, and there's multiple layers in a painting. While that layer is drying, I'll go work on another painting. Okay. So, you know. That makes sense. Some, okay, so that yeah. makes sense. I get that. Yeah. So do you have, do you do art shows? Where do you, do you just mostly sell online or do you like, you have booths you set up at? Do you do art shows, I do, galleries? I just do it, do it all online now. Um, I used to do art shows, but it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, you have to pack all this stuff up and, and take the chance of a painting getting damaged. And if, if it's an outdoor art show, you know, you might get rained on, you know. And, well, that wouldn't be good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. not a good deal and the heat and everything so uh 
Online seems to be the most efficient way to do anything anymore. Yeah. And I'd kind of, I kind of like to get it back into doing a couple of art shows because I, I, it's a lot of work, but I enjoy it because I enjoy just standing out there talking to people and everything, you know, and, yeah. you know, having everybody come by and say hi. That's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> who's but, your favorite? Who's your favorite artist? Tom Beecham. The, the uh, gentleman I was talking about with the Remington uh, calendars. Uh, yeah. He's dead. He's dead now. He died back in like 2000, I think it was. But uh, I just, you know, he's, he's my favorite artist of all time. Yeah. Um, did you ever watch any Bob Ross as a child and then try to oh, do yeah. some Bob yeah. <laughs> Ross stuff? Yeah. I, I, did, I did several Bob Ross paintings when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think everybody, all... everybody likes, everybody likes Bob. <laughs> everybody bob ross made all of us want to be painters and think yeah. that we could you know i mean but i i never did any good i mean like i tried so hard and uh somebody said i couldn't paint unless god was with me and i was like i mean i can't even paint they said i couldn't paint without god i said i can't even paint with him so <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, i tried so hard too <laughs> Well, yeah, I've, I've, I've watched Bob Ross and put him on slow motion. Still can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I've, uh, I've tried singing and that's the, you know, right. I'm the same, so, I'm the same way. I, I can't, I can't sing very well though. I, you know, I kind of like singing every once in a while, but I can't sing very well. So I think that's God just telling me to stay in my box. Right. Hey, so I want you to. I want. I want you to paint. I don't want you singing all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> so each of us were just given different gifts. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all right, I understand that, but yeah. I I want to. There's something just. I think it's because creation is so beautiful. There's something innately inside of all of us that we all want to be painters. All of us, and very few of us are. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Because, I mean, it's just, and I tend to lean, gravitate toward nature paintings and natural stuff too, as opposed to abstract. Some people prefer abstract. I prefer like nature paintings just because I love nature. Yeah. You know, I want to, that's what I want to look at. So um, what advice would you give, this be my last question for you, and then I'll let you get on with your day, to a somebody who loves art, who is you know, trying to get into art or painting a young person, what advice would you give them? You've been doing it for a while now. Oh, you, you're asking some hard, hard questions here. <laughs> um, the biggest thing is to find a, uh, find somebody to mentor you a little bit and uh, first mentor you on the, on your craft, on how to, on how to paint, you know, I watch a, I don't really have a mentor, but I do watch a lot of the uh, YouTube videos of other artists and, and, and learn from them, which you can do nowadays, you know, but it's, it'd probably be better to have a, a mentor. And I kind of had that with a lady I told you in, in, mm -hmm. in Silver Lake when I was younger. Um, but then you also need to have, if you want to be a full-time artist, you need to have a mentor in business because the business side of it is a, you know, a whole nother side of it. And I'm kind of learning how to, how to navigate that right now in the new age of, you know, well, ain't really a new age, but, you know, with computers and social media and all that, right. um, you know, you, you, 
you got to start learning all that stuff. And I'm not much of a computer guy. I never have been really, but my wife helps me out, you know, yeah, God, that's gave awesome. a good wife that knows, knows a lot about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that, that helps. But, I think uh, that artists have, I think artists in general, what I've noticed about artists and musicians is they have a very hard time um, with the business side of things because artists are kind of so right brained and that you're just creative and your processes. I always tell people like my process is not linear, like a straight line. It's like a, a doodle, like it's all over the place. You know, I can't yeah. think about one thing. I think about uh, a million things and it's all in a creative way. And it's really hard, I think, for creative people to navigate the business world sometimes. I mean, it can be done, but you have to put your mind to it because it doesn't come natural. You know, and there's no joy found in that. Like you find joy in painting. You don't necessarily find joy in business. And it's hard for me to think there are people that find joy in business. Like there are, uh, you know, uh, people that do taxes, like numbers, like, um, and lawyers, and they find joy in that. And I'm thinking, really? Yeah. Like, there's no joy there. <laughs> but it's just God has given us all, you know, different things. But yeah, uh, I think that artists can definitely benefit from agents and managers and people who aren't creative. And that's their thought process is business. And so I find that, I mean, if we could all afford one, that'd be great. I could use a business manager right now, but <laughs> right. So if you yeah. can't afford it, if, as a creative person, if you can't afford a business manager, what you have to do is kind of rope yourself in and you have to give yourself these adult pep talks like, okay, I have to sit down and do business stuff right now, you know? And then, you know, my other self is going, no, let's play the, let's play the guitar. Let's write a song. And then I, a lot of, most of the time I give in to her. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Let's write a song. That's a lot more fun. But every once in a while, I have to like rope that side in and go, no, we're not going to write a song right now. We're going to sit down and focus on business and do what we have to do. So it's, I find that it's hard for creative people to do business stuff. Do you? Or are you finding that nat more natural? No, well, I've, I've actually owned my own survey company, but uh, I owned it with another guy. So he kind of did all the, I did all the outdoor work. He was kind of doing all the, the taking care of the business stuff. Um, right. And you're right because we're, I can be kind of scatterbrained, you know, it's hard to, it's hard yeah. to keep focused, you know, <laughs> when, you're, when you're a creative person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I have to tell my wife, I was, I was tell her a few times, I was like, you know, I have a real hard time, especially now that I'm getting older, keeping focused. I just can't keep focused on anything. <laughs> and it, it, right. I, I was like can you can you help me with that you know, <laughs> write a list yeah. write it on your hand <laughs> but yeah i write cool. lists and i lose them of course you know yeah. i'm like where's that list <laughs> you know it doesn't so do the same thing she tells us she says write it on the calendar i was like i write it on a the calendar then i don't even think about going and looking at the calendar so <laughs> exactly exactly even in doing this podcast i'll do a confession for you that i've never I've never told anybody else. There's been a couple of times where people will text me and say, Hey, I'm looking forward to our podcast later today. And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, wait, have a podcast later today. So I finally did get a system like a planner where I'm actually 
writing. So I finally have gotten this thing a little bit more under control, but you know, God has been faithful in all of it. So it's his podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I told him. He told me to start it. I said, I'll do it. You have to show up because I yeah, don't really yeah. know what I'm doing. <laughs> Okay, David. Well, thank you so much. You are amazing. I appreciate you finding time in your Saturday and figuring out how to do Zoom. I know is this that was a new thing for you. Yeah. And so yeah. that was good. Yeah. Well, and I I've learned a lot about Zoom too through the podcast. I'm like, oh, okay, we can do that. So yeah, it's a it's its own little beast. Zoom is, but I appreciate you so much. And tell your wife I said thank you for helping you. Um, no, I will. She, she, can hear, she can hear you. She's over there laughing. Thank you so much for helping him get on the podcast. I don't know if you could hear her, but she said her. you're welcome. Okay, yeah. well, um, I look forward to touching base with you soon and wish you the best of luck. All right. Thank you. Thank okay, you for having thank me. You. All right. You're welcome. God bless. God bless. Bye.